what's going on guys how's everybody doing hope all is well welcome to another episode of football studies here on elevation 5280 how's everybody doing today great to hear from you guys great to see y'all great for you guys to tune in if you haven't done so already please give us a like and follow on all social media platforms you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter You can also find us on Instagram. Be sure to type in Elevation 5280 Sports and make sure you like, follow, whatever you got to do on social media. And also, you can listen to our show through Spotify. If you type in Elevation 5280 Sports, it should come up and a variety of shows should pop up there as well. Uh, Football, basketball, baseball, soccer, you name it, we cover it. Get your sports field needs today appreciate you guys again for coming in um loving to i love giving you guys a show so i'm going to start off with the first topic the first topic is actually talking about um the situation in washington now that we know that they're called the washington commanders they got their name but their real question is what are they looking at off season wise so there has been rumor that they have been looking for a quarterback and the rumor is um, they're very interested in San Francisco's quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, which wouldn't be, I wouldn't say wouldn't be a terrible selection. Um, it actually would be a nice step forward for the Washington commanders. If we look at their team, uh, from top to bottom, um, as far as offensively, the commanders are, um, I think that's the position they need to fill. They do need to fill that position. Um, now, if they're going to go that route at quarterback, that's that's one thing. But now the real question is, what are you guys willing to give up in this situation? And um, rumor has it they were willing to give up one of their key players on the defensive side by the name of Chase Young. Um, I don't really agree with this pick. I don't agree, especially if they go through with it. I don't think that's a smart move. And I personally say this. Chase Young is your young captain on that defense. Okay. He didn't, he wasn't able to finish his season, um, but he is a extraordinary player and somebody you can really build a franchise around. I just don't see why as a franchise, you would be willing to give away your best player just like that. There has to be something else maybe that can get worked out and you and and you know work from there. Um I just I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I don't like that pick at all. Um if if that is the move, um I think it takes a hit more on the defense for Washington. Uh the last couple drafts, if you guys have paid attention to uh Washington they focused a lot on defense, and I love that because they want to build it from the defensive side of the ball, and that's what helps them stay in games. They stay in games because of their defense. Offensively, you you have to address it at some point. I'm not going to sit there and be like, okay, offense never needs to get addressed, but it does. It definitely does. Um, if we look at stat-wise, though, if they are pursuing Jimmy Garoppolo, he finished off the year – the regular season three with 3,810 yards. He did have 20 touchdowns, and he also had 12 interceptions. In each one of these games, he didn't throw for more than two touchdowns in a game. He also didn't throw for more than two interceptions a game in the game. So to put it into perspective, um, there's not bad stats. His QB rating for that year was 98.7, so just, just missed the 100 mark. But as far as a quarterback, and you know what you're getting out of Jimmy Garoppolo, um, this isn't exactly a terrible move. I just wish that the negotiation team needs to understand that um, you don't want to give away your best player for a quarterback that I think you can probably get, but for something else. Um, I just don't like, I just, 
I, I don't I don't agree with it. I just don't. You watch Washington and they have a great front, you know, a really great front, and they really build that front with Jonathan Allen and Matt Ioannidis and um, uh, Deron Payne. Like these are really good players up front, and I feel like that was the motive that they took, <laughs> and with good re and with good reason. If you look at their division, um, Dallas a couple years back, took the approach of, hey, I'm going to build my offensive lineup so we can run the ball and, you know, dictate the game. They took a really good approach at that. I love that approach that Dallas took. That's a smart approach. You want to build your foundation up front and basically control the line of scrimmage, and that's what they did. Washington took the exact same approach, in my opinion, but on the opposite side. On the opposite side. And you can't help but feel that there was a little bit of an influence there because of what Dallas had done. They realized how well it worked for Dallas. We're going to have to have something to compete with that. And it makes all the sense in the world. And then you add on to this group with um, Chase Young. um, I'm sorry, I lose my train of thought. Montez Sweat. They have a really good front. They really do. And they can contend with just about anybody. The real question is, who do you have at quarterback? Who is going to be the quarterback for the Washington Commanders? Um, On the roster, they did have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who got hurt. So it was Taylor Heineke's time to shine. And then Heineke backed up by, I believe, Kyle Allen. So as far as the quarterback um, display there, I don't really, it doesn't really sound very appealing in regards to Sticking with them, I did like the I did like to have the experiment with Taylor Heineke, giving him the opportunity to become a starting quarterback in the league, with Ryan Fitzpatrick being the backup. Um, I do I do like the Ryan Fitzpatrick pickup because he is a savvy veteran and he's been around the game uh, quite some time now, and he served well as a backup and even a starter. So this really isn't a bad move. I do like. Like I said, I do like that they're looking for a quarterback. I just don't like what they could possibly be giving up. Um, I don't think you give up your best player um, that you just that you drafted in the top five away for a quarterback of Jimmy Garoppolo's caliber. Um, I feel like if if you're going for someone maybe like an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson maybe someone of that caliber, then you could probably start talking about, okay, maybe Chase Young and a pick or two could be enough to seal this deal. I just don't like, I I don't like trading Chase Young, period. I think this is where he needs to be. Um, It's going to be tough to win because it's not going to be on the defensive side, the reason why they're not winning games. It's really, it really just comes down to who is going to be the, the signal caller for the for this year for Washington. Or do they keep the call? Do they keep the quarterback that they have and go with a completely different offensive look? I mean, sometimes you just have to change the scheme of things a bit. You know, maybe the scheme just needs another uh change up or two. But what I do like is that if they do go with the Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think it's a bad move at all. And for Jimmy's case, he'd be in a pretty good scenario with a, a pretty good offense. Um, you got a good running back in Gibson. You got talent. You got some pretty good talent at receivers with Curtis Samuel, uh, Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, Adam Humphreys. Uh, so you will have some weapons. And defensively, like I said, defensively, this team is built for defense. Um one thing that the Niners and the Commanders that they shared pretty well is that they had a good front four. They had a good front four, and they rotated the front four, and that's what wear down defenses. I'm, or I'm sorry, that would wear down the offense. You got a fresh group of bodies coming in and out of the game. Like that's a beautiful thing, the thing you want to see. Which is also why, if there's a way you can keep your star player on defense, Chase Young, and somehow gain Jimmy Garoppolo, 
I feel like that's a win-win. That's a win-win. Don't trade your star player for somebody that's that you can probably get for giving somebody else. You know what I mean? Like you can trade. I'm sure they have other things that they can trade for. Um, now, if that were to happen, can you imagine how much how much more of a difficult task that would be to run or pass against the 49ers if they got Chase Young? Are you kidding me? You pair him with Joey Bosa and and Eric Armstead and those guys up front, it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be a nightmare. Chase Young already does it on his own. He does it on his own. Um, but he does have a, a solid cast with him on this Washington team. Let's not forget about that. But the real success is going to come down to this for Washington. Can they find the quarterback and can they trust the quarterback enough to to let them run with this? I mean, and and and, and truth be told, they they could go in the draft. They could go to the draft, but the the QB pool isn't exactly the strongest this year, okay? You don't really hear a whole lot of analysts talk, talking deep on what the quarterback position is looking like in college, you know? So the best bet might be free agency. The best bet might be to make that play. And Jimmy Garoppolo will definitely be hitting the free agency market. So this makes a good move. This makes a, this makes sense, though. It's not a splash play, but for Washington, this would be a good pickup to get a quarterback that can possibly lead them to more wins and somebody that can actually lead them into the playoffs to have another chance. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Michael Spillin here for the Flash Hauler Driving App, a convenient app for on-demand furniture moving, vehicle towing, and courier service. If you like being out on the road, not having people breathing down your neck, pressuring you to get stuff done by deadlines and time limits, join our fleet on the Flash Hauler Driving App. Earn money by driving your pickup or van, be your own boss, making your own schedule, not to mention the feeling of helping truckless people getting their furniture moved to wherever they need. If vehicle towing is more in your arena, we provide that service as well. And if you don't have a truck or a van, no worries. The app enables you to do courier gigs. It's an easy process to sign up and get approved to be part of the Flash Hauler Hero team. Be proud of what you do while you do it at your convenience. So what are you waiting for? Grab your phone, download and install the Flash Hauler, that's F-L-A-S-H-O-L-R driver app, or visit our website, H-O-L-R-apps.com, getting it hauled in a flash. This segment on Elevation 5280 Sports is brought to you by the Flash Hauler Driver app, helping people move in a flash. Welcome back to Football Studies here on Elevation 5280. Um, Thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, Getting on with our next topic again. And feel free to let me know what you guys think on that topic in regards to Situation in Washington as far as the quarterback play. Do they go for Jimmy G or do they go for somebody else that maybe no one is expecting? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But in the meanwhile, let's go ahead and jump into our next topic. Our next topic is actually talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers just recently added coach Brian Flores to the coaching staff. Uh, the former Miami Dolphins head coach now has a home in Pittsburgh. And I couldn't tell you how excited I am for this. Uh, there's a lot going on with Brian Flores and the investigations in regards to the coaching changes. And really, I couldn't understand the reason for you know his firing in Miami. I thought he was doing an exceptional job there. To, uh, given what he has, honestly, and has put Miami in a position where they could compete. Um, they started off slow. I feel like I keep saying this over and over. They were at one point one and six in going into the year, finished with a seven and or a nine and eight record, a chance to possibly make the playoffs, a chance to somewhat make a run. And uh, make some noise, you know, and just to get into the playoffs, um, you know, 
any team, any team is fair game of winning the whole thing if they can make the playoffs. Um, truth be told, we've seen that with the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals this year, uh, making it all the way to the Super Bowl and just falling a little short. But again, we prove, or that proves that anything is really possible in the National Football League. And again, I love this tandem of Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores together. I feel like this is going to be a very good uh, duo working together just to be on the same coaching staff. And I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if if uh, Tomlin had anything to do with the hiring of this. Um, if he did, kudos to him. I'm glad he made that decision. I'm glad the, the Steelers organization um, would give him the leeway, I feel, to even say, hey, why not get Brian Flores? If no one, if no one's going to hire him as a head coach or take that chance on him as a head coach, I want him on my staff. I want him on my staff. I want us to be better. And given where he landed in Pittsburgh, a defensive-minded team, why not? Brian Flores, a defensive-minded coach, is only going to help. It's only going to help the defense even better. It's only going to make it better. This defense was already one of the best in the league in regards to uh, just the game itself. So now you're giving them an opportunity to be more of a threat. I like this a lot. I really, really like this a lot. And if we're going to focus on Pittsburgh and what's going on there, I feel like they're in the same boat that Washington is in. Good defense. Um, offensively, you have some tools. You have some tools to work with offensively. But the real question is, who is going to be the signal caller? Who's going to be the one calling the shots um, for for the Steelers? Again, it doesn't seem like there's a lot at the quarterback display. I heard some rumors on uh, Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Maybe that could be the draft move there. Um, as far as the roster goes for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got guys like uh, Dwayne Haskins along with um, Mason Rudolph, who has been in a role of playing at the starting quarterback role. Dwayne Haskins hasn't yet really gotten that chance to prove himself. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, though. But the real big thing here is with Brian Flores getting a job and I love I love that it was with I love that it was with um Mike Tomlin. I feel like this is going to be a great pairing to say the least. Um and I feel like all those coaches that missed out or didn't want to go for him based off of the situation going on in Miami and you know what what's happening there. Um I feel like they missed out on a really good quarterback. Or not quarterback, a really good coach. There were a couple places I felt like would really benefit from having someone such as a Brian Flores. First, I'm going to go off by saying the Oakland Raiders, or the Las Vegas Raiders, sorry. Oakland Raiders just rings off the tongue now, and it's supposed to be the Vegas Raiders. But yes, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Considering the season that the, the Raiders had, um, you know, they made it to the postseason that after everything going on with the John Gruden stuff and Rich Basaccia, after deciding not to go with him, which I am very surprised about, um, then I felt like Brian Flores should have took over. The defense was playing exceptionally well, um, a lot better in the previous years. And I felt like this could have been something to really build up on by continuing to get a defensive-minded head coach to lead the team. I felt like that would have made a lot more sense to do because you want to build off of your success. Offensively, the Raiders, I think, can compete with just about anybody offensively. It's defensively because you have to be able to get big stops in timely manners. You also have to be able to take the ball away. And if we've seen how... The defenses were playing in Miami uh, under Brian Flores. Those guys were playing for him. 
and you could see with the effort and all the um all the plays they're able to make causing havoc i mean that's something you want to see as a defensive as a defensive coach you know you want to see plays like that to help your offense especially with your offense not being at a very at a strong suit well, with the Raiders, that wasn't much of a case, you know. Um, their offense wasn't the problem. It was really stopping people defensively. Um, another spot I felt like he could have really thrived at was New Orleans. I think that would have been a hell of a spot for Brian Flores. New Orleans, already a a, a roster that's looking to win now. A very well-established defense, a very well-established offense, but again, it just comes down to uh, it just comes down to the quarterback play there as well. A lot of these teams uh, in the league, if you look at them, they're they're probably about a piece, one piece away from really changing their dyna- dynamic of how their season went from a uh, a year ago, and I really do mean that, like. I, I, we talked about Pittsburgh a little bit, kind of focusing on them with this Brian Flores hiring, adding to the team. Pittsburgh really does just need a quarterback, I feel like. I think offensively they're, they're, they're solid. Um, we don't know the situation with Juju. I believe Juju is actually going to be a free agent, so that'll actually play some roles in there. Um, Deontay Johnson is continuing to improve. The only knock I have on him is his consistent drops, which again, it's not something that's very difficult. You know, that's actually that's an easy fix. That's something he can fix. That isn't it? Isn't one of those situations where it's like, oh, like this is actually a dilemma. We can't do nothing about this. No, hit the jug machine a couple more times after practice. Work on those hands. I think he'll be fine. But no, Pittsburgh really is an intriguing place. Um. And I feel like they're just a quarterback away. They're definitely now a quarterback away with Ben Roethlisberger calling it, you know, for retirement. And it makes sense. I mean, Ben has proven to do what he had to do. There's not much more that needs to be done in his career. So it's time to start a new leaf in Pittsburgh. And I think with this hiring of Brian Flores, I think that'll help him jumpstart that. But going back to the New Orleans situation, I felt like that would have been a very good move for them to make. Um I just I just think with, you know, Sean Payton isn't there anymore. I think that would have been a perfect replacement for him. Uh going a whole different approach instead of going offensive minded, you go defensive minded. And I think that really would be beneficial. I think it honestly would be beneficial. Um, but I'm I'm real excited because the way how this league the league is ran, I felt like especially with coaches of color, we only have one African American head coach as of right now, and it's Mike Tomlin. He is the only African-American head coach at at this point that we have. And I feel like it's sad. There's a lot of candidates over the years as well as um, up to date that can really make a difference and I think would really make excellent head coaches wherever they're at. Mike Tomlin has already shown that he can do that. Um, I feel like Eric Bieniemy. Whenever, whatever the situation is in Kansas City, because um, Andy Reid doesn't look like he's going to retire. Andy Reid, I don't think he's retiring anytime soon. But I think Eric Bieniemy, as a head coach anywhere, can make and help an offense out big time. Um, there's so many candidates out there. Todd Bowles has put his name in recognition, uh, who was once a head coach for the Jets, um, has done an outstanding job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that defense and helping them uh, succeed over the years. So there's a lot of coaches out there. And I love the fact that in this situation from Brian Flores, the one team 
the one team that decided to give him another shot or to bring him on their staff happened to be the only team that has a African-American head coach running the show. I really hope Pittsburgh, I wish Pittsburgh the best of luck. And obviously, Brian Flores is someone that I like big time. So I think this is actually going to be a very good combination between Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores. We'll be right back after this. NFL Analysis Network is your one-stop source for coverage of all 32 teams. We provide in-depth analysis, news, and opinions about all things football. Since you're online anyway, check out NFLanalysis.net. Elevation 5280 Sports exclusive new teammate on the gridiron. There's nothing better than sitting in your local barbershop talking sports with everyone. We understood the, the, the sacrifices that we were making. We understood the condition and the, and the landscape that we were going into along with the bubble. And Sorry, not with LeBron James. Join Daryl Lane with special guest host Kenny Sim from 24-7 Sports on Barbershop Sports Talk. Every Monday evening at 8 Mountain, it'll be like you're back in the chair getting a fresh cut. One of these teams, Kenny, is going to be out of the playoffs. We are going to have Kenny. A 10-win team not in the playoffs. When I tell you that, how crazy is that to you? That we could have a team with 10 wins not make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah it's really it's really crazy. It's really sad for a team that's going to have 10 wins and going to be out on the outside looking in. You know, the uh, NFL went about it having an additional team this year qualified for the playoffs at seven teams per conference. It's supposed to be easier to make the playoffs. And this year it looks like it's, it's harder to make the playoffs, especially in the AFC. I mean, realistically, you know, looking at the schedule, be talking about a team being left out with 11 wins next week. 11. Once again, catch Barbershop Sports Talk every Monday evening at 8. Only on Elevation5280sports.com. Careful. Careful. It's tough to breathe up here. This segment on Elevation 5280 Sports is brought to you by the NFL Analysis Network, your one-stop source for all 32 teams. Hey guys, welcome back. We are back here with football studies here on Elevation 5280. Uh, thank you guys. If you guys are still tuned in, listening to it from wherever you may be at, home, on the road, at the work office, wherever the case may be, I appreciate you guys just tuning in and just giving us a listen. Definitely giving us a listen. And remember, if you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Thank you. Thank you in advance. <laughs> Thank you in advance. So, um, some news has been going around saying that there could be a return of the XFL. For those of you guys that haven't seen the XFL, I thought it was very, very entertaining. And there could be a potential partnership with the National Football League. So, um, why don't we take a peek at that? Uh, so, I have, the, I have a little bit of, of the report here. Uh, this is also verbatim, guys. This is based off the ESPN app, and um, I'm going to read it verbatim just to pretty much give you guys the gist of what's going on in case you guys haven't been um, looking forward to it. Okay, here we go. So, XFL to be pre uh, or petri dished for football innovation prospect development as part of partnership agreement with NFL. Now, this report or this uh, news has been provided by Kevin Scheifter, the ESPN staff writer. The NFL and XFL have reached a partnership agreement that will focus on creating innovation programs and protecting the health of players, the XFL announced on Monday. XFL officials made clear that the collaboration will not include player sharing for developmental purposes, but the alignment is notable given the growing number of alternative leagues in the football landscape. The XFL is scheduled to resume play in February 2023 under new owners Danny Garcia, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Redbird Capital Partners. News of the agreement comes as a revived USFL works towards its launch in April. The deal is is non-exclusive and does not prevent either league from working with others moving forward. So I I like the idea of the XFL returning. I do like the idea of the partnership with the National Football League. I really do because obviously the in the National Football League you're making billions of dollars. 
Um, you're just making billions and billions of dollars. It's it's no longer just a a kids game anymore. As much as some of the players say it in their press conference, it's turned into a business. I mean, if you go back to our first segment with the situation with Garoppolo and trading for uh, or trading away Chase Young, you know, if it wasn't a business, if it really wasn't a business, I don't think there's no way in hell you're trading Chase Young away. That is a great a potentially a great football player down the line, um, already shown the the ability to be a leader in some way, and also um, just an athlete, just a straight athlete. You know, so I I couldn't imagine trading somebody um, of that caliber away just like that. But again, it is a business. And that just shows why. Um, in other news, though, back with the XFL, uh, I, I enjoyed the XFL when it aired. They they had some really competitive games. Um, and it's definitely a look for guys who are right there on the bubble, you know. Um, the talent pool consisted of guys that were that had just missed, um, you know, on the practice squad, just missed the 52, 53-man roster, and they're right there on the bubble. And I think this is a, a really an excellent way to get back in the league or at least just to be playing at a professional level because I don't see anything wrong with the XFL. It's actually a, it was actually a very, a very entertaining league, very entertaining um, we got to see a lot of players, got to hear a lot of backgrounds, and I just loved like the access that you were allowed to get, the communications, the the sideline reports. It was really a fun league. It was a fun league that was that was gone way too soon. So to hear that there is a possibility of it to return in February 2023, I'm excited. I'm I'm truly excited for it because it, it should be a lot of fun. Um, and again, a familiar face that you may have heard of, P.J. Walker came out of that, playing for the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, Roughnecks at the time were, before the season had ended, were pretty much the best team in the XFL, uh, led by P.J. Walker. And um, the, the guy is phenomenal. And I sat there and watched him play, and I'm sitting here like, there's no way that this guy is not going to make it back into the league. Now, before he was on the practice squad with the Indianapolis Colts, um, and that was during the years of Andrew Luck. So, so Andrew Luck and Jac- and Jacoby Brissett, I believe, were all those two quarterbacks in that room with P.J. Walker. And he is a dynamic player, a dynamic player. He can make plays with his legs, but he's not looking to do that. He's looking to create um, big throws down the field, which is exactly what he did um, during his time in the XFL. So I think this is great that it could come back because this gives guys an opportunity to be seen and an opportunity for them to showcase their abilities to one day make it on a practice squad for a team and eventually find themselves playing in a meaningful game on Sundays. And even with continuing with P.J. Walker, uh, who's a backup quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, uh, this past season, we got to see a little bit of him. Uh, Might not have been the greatest stints, but we got to see him out there. And, um, you know, a lot of people have heard about him. A lot of people have heard about him. Um, uh, Jordan Tamu, I'm sorry, I lost my track of time. With the um, Seattle, I'm sorry, with the St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis team out in the XFL, he was a dynamic quarterback as well. And last I checked, he was on the practice squad, the backup to uh, Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I really, I really like this developmental league. I think the the National Football League has to have more of these because. Um, it's a great way for players to expand their game. It's a great way for players to kind of get that experience of what it's like playing professional football. 
even if it's not in the National Football League, I feel like uh, there should be avenues for it. I feel like there should be more avenues um, like this in regards to uh, even overseas. You know, overseas can be a great um, a great alternative plan for guys that want to continue playing and get that experience just outside of the war outside, you know, and it is, it's there. It's definitely there. I wish like there were more um, like developmental leagues like this, because I think with the XFL possibly coming back in like when it said it would, I think this, this lights up a lot of, of, of spark for guys, guys that, you know, maybe just have to get back into the idea of playing ball, you know, and helping them fine tune their skills, getting them back in the league. Or maybe this is just what they needed, you know. They just needed to have a uh, um, an outlet to just to have them go play and perform. So I'm excited for the XFL. I really am. And um, again, it's going to be it's going to be awesome to see that there there is something like that. Because if you look at the NBA, we're going to jump sports for a little bit. We jump to the NBA. The NBA has the G League. The G League is, is still professional basketball, but it's pretty much like a gateway for the NBA to, to find uh, potential prospects to bring up to their, their teams. Each team has a G League team. So they can go from there, and it's almost like it's almost like practice squad for the National Football League. You, every team has a practice squad, and anyone can be signed from off the practice squad. So pretty much, if there's someone you like on a certain team, they can sign them off that practice squad. Which I believe the same thing is dealt with in the NBA and the G League. But in the G League, you, you got you get guys like Jalen Green, who's with the Houston Rockets, and now he's a a key player for that organization in, in regards to, um, I guess you can call it a rebuild stage, you know, losing James Harden and, you know, the Rockets aren't what they want once used to be is what I'm trying to get at. So with the XFL, I think this is perfect. I think this is perfect. And guys like PJ Walker and Jordan Tamu, guys who had success in this league, I think this, this brings – uh, a lot of hope and a lot of spark uh, for others who tend to jump in this league and potentially find themselves back in the National Football League. Or if if this if XFL is for them, then they can stay in the XFL for longer, you know. But again, it's a great thing to see because it's just it 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 works. You can see the developmental process. Um, and you're learning the game of football. You're learning the game of football. And I think that is what it really comes down to. Despite the fact that it is a business, um, if you have an opportunity to pretty much gain that promotion, so to speak of, you know, you've been busting your butt time in and time out, and you really just want to um, put yourself out there, I think this is a great way to do it. And I think if the if the NFL has stuff like this for the XFL and also an overseas type of program for them, you know, I think this would really benefit and get people interested. And it'd be more exciting watching more football because then you can hear about other prospects. Um, you know, there could be prospects from the Canadian League, prospects from the XFL. So it's a beautiful thing. So I'm excited for the XFL. I think it's going to be good for the National Football League to, to bring them back because it's going to bring more exciting football um, in February while we wait for the NFL season to get back up and going. We'll be back with our next and final segment of Football Studies here on Elevation 52. Missed anything during the week from our live shows? Maybe a hot take or hilarious exchange? A groundbreaking opinion or money-making prediction? The BLL is, I'm pretty sure, going to eliminate the MLL very shortly. If not this season, probably next season. Work on getting another receiver right now. Yeah, another offensive lineman. Joker was totally out the picture. Because when he's out there, he's like a sack of potatoes. No worries, we've got you covered. 
Head on over to Elevation5280sports.com and click on the Shows tab. Or to Mixcloud and search Elevation 5280 Sports and all of our podcasts are right there at your fingertip. For those listeners who didn't feel that, we just had another one, baby. Elevation5280sports.com. Careful. It's tough to breathe up here. This segment on Elevation 5280 Sports is brought to you by Wix.com. Creating a website has never been easier. What's going on, guys? And welcome to the final segment here on Football Studies with Elevation 5280. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. I definitely appreciate it. All the love and support. You guys have been awesome. Um, Again, Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find the show on Spotify if you type in Elevation 5280 Sports and get your podcast listening going with the group itself. Again, thank you guys so much in advance. Um, so pretty much we're finishing up here. I felt like this would be a really cool thing to do in regards to what the final topic would be for this show. I'm going to call it the under-the-radar player. So a player that I feel is definitely going to be somebody to look out for in the upcoming season, just based off their performance and stuff. So one player that I thought of is actually with the Detroit Lions uh, by the name of Amonra St. Brown, the wide receiver, the rookie wide receiver out of USC. This guy is a phenomenal player, a phenomenal and exceptional player here. Um, it was great. It was great to see him grow. Obviously, Detroit didn't have the season what they were wanting. Uh, Detroit hasn't been a very relevant team in the past several years. But if there's one bright side to look at when it comes to this team, I would have to say it's Amonra St. Brown. A very good receiver, not the fastest receiver, but he is somebody that can definitely play outside and inside and be exceptionally well at both. A really, really talented player. And one thing, one thing, despite everything, he loves Detroit. He loves being in Detroit. Um, this is what he actually had to say in an interview via with Eric Woodyard. He basically mentioned this. I think Detroit has a fan base that is really loyal, that loves their guys. It's tough to find nowadays, especially living out in Los Angeles and being where I'm from. A lot of these fans, if the team is not winning, they're really not caring. But if they are winning, they'll go to the games in the West. But in Detroit, they're there every week. And that's what was said there. Um, yeah, he definitely, I think he hit that spot on Detroit fans are very loyal, um, over the years when it's come to their team. And I felt like they, I feel like they, they could have, you know, had a better record than what they ended up having. They were in games to where they actually should have pulled out. They should have pulled out or they were right there. Um, I think this team is going to make somewhat of a leap though, um, depending on what they do. Uh, free agency wise and draft wise, you'll have the first pick. I think you do have to sure up your defense because you have to be able to stop people um, nowadays with all these high powered offenses and great players on that side of the ball. And I think again with St. Brown with the Lions, I think he has the tools to be a very very good uh, player. Uh, if we look at if we look at his stats for the season he had he ended the season with 90 receptions 912 yards averaging just about 10 yards per catch his longest reception was for 37 yards and he ended the year with five touchdowns um i see in the near future i see someone gaining being in the thousand yard club of receiving yards i see someone possibly getting if if used properly, I think he could possibly get um, – you can make that five-touchdown number probably like seven or eight, and that's still pretty good as a wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. And if you look at the last six games, his last six games, 
pretty much where all his touchdowns came in. So he started to blossom at the end of the year. But that's still good news for them to see at the end of the year to figure out, okay, we're not in the playoff hunt. We need to see what we have. And, you know, do we need to, you know, make some changes off of that? And so I think this was actually a really good blossom, if you say so. So um, the last game, the last recent game was against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, He had eight receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. In that game, he was averaging just about, if you round it, just about 14 yards per reception. That's well done. Last game, or next game at Seattle, eight receptions, 111 yards, averaged just about 14 yards again in that game, and had a receiving touchdown. Uh, Against the Falcons, nine catches, 91 yards, averaged just about 10 yards per reception, and also ended the game with a touchdown. Against Arizona, eight catches, 90 yards, averaged about 11 yards during that game, and had a touchdown. Against Denver, eight catches, 73 yards, averaged about nine yards per catch, and no touchdown. And then against Minnesota, 10 catches, 86 yards, averaging just about, just under nine, and with one touchdown. So it's really, you know, it's really good. Um, it's really good stuff to look at because with each of those teams, all those teams had better records than Detroit. So you could say, oh, the, the, the talent wasn't quite there. But overall, every team that Detroit played, Detroit was the underdog. Detroit wasn't favored in any of their games, I believe, this year. So this actually warrants some type of respect. And this guy is definitely a good player. I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout for him for sure. Um, I will be... <laughs> I've actually used him in fantasy, and he's helped me win a few games in the past fantasy league. So I think this guy is a really good um, player to look out for. And I really do mean it when I say I kind of like rooting for Detroit, as weird as it sounds. And I am a Raider fan. Um, but again, you can ask my friends. They'll tell you all about it. But he's a really – I like the talent pool that they do have here, though. And I think this guy has emerged – as the number one receiver here in Detroit. And that's a great sign to have. Um, A receiver that, again, can play inside and out. Not the fastest guy, but again, just 21 years old. He's only a rookie, just finished his rookie year. And he almost reached the 1,000-yard mark and had 90 catches. That's that's well done. Well done for any player. And And looking at this roster for Detroit, uh, Receiver-wise, they're still fairly young. Uh, Quintez Cephas had a few bit of splash plays while before getting hurt, and he's going to come back. Khalif Raymond, a speedster, is also a good player there. Josh Reynolds is not a terrible player. I mean, this is going to be a good little group as long as they get the right tools and get the right pieces that they need in, in order to uh, be successful. Um, I do, like I said, I do like St. Brown, Amon St. Brown a lot, and this guy is going to blossom. So don't be surprised, um, depending on whoever the quarterback is, if it's Jared Goff again for another year, if it's a, if they decide to go with someone new, new in the draft, I mean, we'll just, time will tell, time will definitely tell, but you can't sit there and tell me that this guy is not a under-the-radar type of player. I'm pretty sure the only people that realize they know what they have might be Detroit at the moment. Um, This guy, again, only 21 years old, and that it seems to be the theme nowadays. All these young players coming out and, and just performing, performing well right off the bat, and this guy is no exception. He's not, he's not the Hollywood splash type of player, that most people would probably, you know, say in regards to like, yeah, this guy is this guy is the one. You know, you, you don't hear him mentioned with um, uh, Justin Jefferson and like Terry McLaurin, all the young uh, up and coming stars, right? You don't really hear him mentioned with that. But you know, this guy, he quietly had ninety catches, quietly almost had. Uh, 
a 1,000-yard season with 912 and was able to get five touchdowns in the process. I expect big things from him. I really do. Like, and I'm, I'm a fan. I am a fan. I like this pick a lot. I I didn't learn much of him until, you know, until this happened, until Detroit picked him up, but I'm glad that he did. I'm glad that he has faith in the Detroit fan base to stick around with them because if there's one thing I have noticed, even in games watching on television with Detroit, they are very, very loyal with their fans or with their team. They understand the struggles. They I know they hate the struggles because you can't – I know I never met a fan base or – um, anybody for that matter who sits there and says, we love the struggle, you know, I've never heard it in my life. So, you know, why start now pretty much, you know, and you need guys like this. You definitely need guys like this. I, I like, again, I honestly do like this guy a lot. Um, Amon St. Brown is someone you can build off of. Um, Jared Goff, his first season with Detroit, Probably not what most people wanted to see or expected, but I think it can only get better from here for him. Um, defensively, you always have to clean things up, but I, players that they have that can build off of this, um, you're going to get Romeo Aquara back after being injured. Uh, you got guys like Michael Brockers on the line, who's a really good asset. I thought that was an excellent pickup for them to get to help beef up their defensive line. Trey Flowers is a pretty good player that's going to be coming off of injury. Austin Bryant's coming off, um, trying to do his thing. So you you got some you got some tools to work with here. You got you got things to work with here. But overall, I think that for this young man, Amon's Amon Rasen Brown, this is going to be a ex excellent sophomore campaign for him. I, I expect him to only go up as he continues to play in the league. Um, no doubt about it. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on Football Studies. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms and check out the show on Elevation 5280 Sports. I am signing off. You guys enjoy the rest of your week. Streaming live on your computer and on your smartphone. Check out Elevation5280Sports.com for all the information you need. Download the apps, put in the link, and you're good to go on the go. Elevation5280Sports.com. Careful, it's tough to breathe up here.